everyone. Welcome to Mike and the Tree Podcast. My name is Belinda. Today's day is October the 17th, 2021. This episode is going to be called, is called News and Views Part 5, Episode 17. And this is going to be a really quick episode. That's what I'm hoping. Never know, but it's going to be a really quick episode. There's some things that came up that I want to talk about. Um, and after this episode, it will be the, um, episode I'm doing regarding the book review, you know, um, things change, I'm still trying to look for something regarding the book review that I want to use in the book review, uh, that I remembered, that I read years back that I want to use, so until I find that, I decided to work on this episode, um, quickly, because I have some information on it. And I want to talk about it. In this episode, I will discuss two items I mentioned in, the past, in past episodes. Another MJ fan, unfortunately, has passed away. Uh, Dan Reed is at it again. R. Kelly and Michael Trials are not the same. Drake is not on Michael's level. Dave Chappelle will state what he states. The estate of Michael Jackson dropped the ball and Megan Kelly, quote-unquote, defends Michael. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Websites, of course, my blog that's based on this podcast uh, is michaelnachew.blogspot.com. The podcast show notes website is michaelnachewpodcast.blogspot.com. Sorry. I'm on social media Facebook, Michael Nachew Podcast, Instagram at Michael Nachew Podcast, YouTube, Michael Nachew, and Twitter at Woman Focus. Uh, the best way to contact me is email michaelinthetruth.gmail.com. Uh, do not contact me through DMs on Instagram or uh, Twitter unless I send you something. Usually I don't. So I don't know you. But if you do send me something on those things, please email me. And that is michaelinthetruth.gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, if you have uh, questions you want to ask, if you disagree with me on something I said, the best way to do that is to contact me on the email. The show notes. Now, to, now we're going to go ahead and start talking about these certain topics and um, getting into why I'm talking about these topics. The first one is, of course, rest in peace to Jess Garcia. Uh, I found this out last week that one of our MJ fellow MJ fans, uh, an advocate for the for Michael for his innocence. Uh, suddenly passed away. Uh, she was young. She was two years younger than me. Uh, she was 35 years old. And um, that's way too young to, to pass away. Uh, she was in the prime of her life. Um, it was a shock. She did so much for the fan community that I don't I don't even know where to begin with this. I have heard of her. I have seen, read her tweets. But I never really communicated with her. Um, but I understood her impact. And... <laughs> This was sudden when I first read it on Twitter. I said, "Ooh, what? What? Uh, what happened? Like, what? What? What would be the possibilities of someone who I believe was young and she was uh, to to die like this? So something happened. Uh, you know, I was thinking, of course, the pandemic. Like, oh no, I hope not. Um, and it wasn't. But I'm going to read to you her go the GoFundMe page that was um, created uh, for her." And, and her family knows about it. Her family were the ones that told everybody about her sudden passing. So I'm going to read to you what the GoFundMe page is about. And fans should go ahead and start donating 
they have something to donate to the GoFundMe page. The team at, oh, the title was, you, you never truly know what's around the corner. The team at MJ Innocent are shocked and overcome with grief after learning of the sudden loss of our beloved comrade, comrade Jess Garcia, who, son, who sadly passed away yesterday, October 11, 2021. Uh, that was actually, we're recording now, 17th, so it was last week. Uh, she was an incredible human being who was ro completely robbed of a promising future. The injustice of life, uh, taken long before her time, fills us fills us with utter devastation. We know that there will be, there will be many among us that each share their own special relationship with Jess, and that you are no doubt hurting and processing all of that, trying to comprehend this tragic news. Activists, devoted force of nature, activists, devoted force of nature. Tireless, hardworking, kind, intelligent, driven, funny, and determined. He, these are the these are just some of the words that come to mind when we think of who just was. She has such strength of character and truly is standing up for her convictions. Her dedicated and fearless support of Michael's innocence made her well known and admired figure in the MJ community. And Jess was one of the key players who helped to ensure the international success of Danny Rule Square One. This included her steadfast and persistent approaches. In, the, in its global marketing, securing its place at the number one documentary on Amazon Prime. Jess was quite simply phenomenal, and unwavering her, in her quest to promote it, connecting the team with popular podcasts and interviews, allowing the film to be seen, in, seen by a much broader audience. We were in constant awe of her talent and the things she was able to achieve remotely that further added to the overall critical acclaim of Square One. The news of her passing has filled us with almost overwhelming sadness. We will miss so many things about Jess, but most of all, we will miss the personal connection we had with her. She was the queen of sending voice memos, and we would jokingly remind her that she didn't need to send us the entire podcast in one message. Jess would, al would also often call late at night to excitedly tell us of people she met who had foolishly relieved the lies at Michael. Uh, she would engage them, and often by the end of the discussion, Jess invented in by invitedly managed to convince them of the truth via her heart, her level-headedness and her in, in-depth encyclopedia. Uh, sorry, pediat sorry, the person who made this, who made this GoFundMe page is the way they spell words is, is he's from the UK. So I'm trying to, you know, encyclopedia knowledge of the facts. Uh, one on one occasion, she even ended up giving away one of her most loved MJ shirts to a newly convinced fan. That new fan proceeded to wear throughout the duration of their time together that that day, and she was thrilled. What a marvel! She never faltered in her pursuit of defending Michael, not simply because she was a fan, but more importantly, because she felt it was right and just. Even if this required a personal sacrifice, if this required personal sacrifices, we will forever be inspired. By her courageousness, Jess had a sharp and cracking sense of humor. Uh, her beloved dog was named Melina. Yes, after that, Melina. That's the former first lady of of the United States. Okay, who's married to Donald Trump? She loved rock concerts and Halloween. She was a staunch advocate who vigorously supported movements from Black hashtag Black Lives Matter to being an outspoken ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Shying away from social justice issues was not in her nature, and we love and respect her for it. We understand that Jess was suffering from a condition with her liver, which was not diagnosed, uh, and quite suddenly and unexpectedly, her kidney started to fail after a visit to the doctor at that that weekend. The situation worsened, and in the very early hours of Sunday morning, Jess 
Uh, Zest's situation became critical and experienced bleeding in her lungs, along with kidney and organ failure. Though she fought valiantly, she sadly lost her fight at 2.06 a.m. on Monday. We take some comfort in knowing she passed peacefully without pain, surrounded by her parents and brothers. A memorial will be held for Jess in a few weeks in San Antonio, Texas, and we will have further information uh, in, due co in due course. Jess's brother Lucas has assured us that the, her family are aware that she was a valued member of the Worldwide Network and community who were so grateful for all that she did and was loved and adored by all who knew her. Lucas has asked us to forward anything that might be valuable to such to them, such as photos, sentiments from Jess, voice notes, etc. Please private message the MJI team and we will provide the contact details. MJI uh, has set up a GoFundMe to raise money so we can organize a fitting tribute to Jess. Any donations towards this is greatly received. We are li liaising with her family to determine what's the most fitting tribute and will be uh, will provide an update as soon as we can. Want to amuse, to inspire, to delight, here one day, gone one night. Jess, you are forever in our hearts and will will so will so dearly be missed. It's almost doesn't seem real. You are truly gone too soon. And that's from Shawnee, Anika, and the wider MJI team. Um, yeah, this is so sad. And just reading when she was dealing with, um, you know, it's so unfair. It really is. And you never know when somebody's going through something. I had, None of us had a clue she was sick. None of us even knew. Like, And it seemed like, according to this, it was sudden. So, it, it's so sad, and my condolences to her family and her um, loved ones and her friends. It's just so sad. Her memorial will be this Friday. Someone posted, I think it was them, on Twitter posted, it will be this Friday at San Antonio, Texas. Um, they're going to do a memorial for her. So, I mean, we're definitely going to be praying for them, and, you know, we need to do that. And I thank Jess for all she has done for our beloved Michael, and I know she's in heaven with the other decent fans who did what right by Michael and also of course Michael himself. Um, it's sad. It's really sad. And, you know what what I read there is a person so dedicated to really helping Michael. And it makes you think about these executives with all the money they have. And they couldn't even do any of what this young woman did. This woman who was sickly did. It it tells you the type of people Michael's true fans are dedicated, loving, un unconditionally loving this man. I mean, Michael knew. Michael knew they will always be there for him. And it's a very sad. It's very sad to see uh, this young lady doing all these things for Michael, and yet his estate executives have the money and the, the connections. He couldn't bother. Uh, it's, it's a tragedy and it's an insult to this man for him to be continue to be... To, Look, the fans are going to save the legacy. That's period. That's that's just, it's not even a question. It's not even a doubt in our mind. It's going to save the legacy, and we need to appreciate anything, anything that contributes in his legacy. Podcasters, uh, bloggers. Uh, sorry about the noise. Uh, sorry about the noise. It's the motorcycles running around. Uh, websites. All this. Any documentaries. We need to thank these people. Because these people actually care. We are doing a disservice 
and we're just sitting around and expecting <laughs> billion dollar entities to save this man when we can do it ourselves and just and uh, Mary and uh, Gloria and I can't remember her name right now. Uh, who died from God, COVID. Her. We don't need these entities to do what we gotta do for Michael. If anything, let's be inspired from these people that we can do it too. Thank you, Jess. Rest in peace. My condolences to her family. And we're so sorry for your loss. Okay, oh, Taj Will, Taj, Michael's nephew, will honor her in his uh, upcoming docuseries on Michael. I think she was working on that, too. She also was, I believe, executive producer of Square One. Just did what she had to do, and God bless her. May she rest in peace. Now, the next topic is revisited. I'm not going to really do this a lot, and I only do this because, um, where can I begin? I only do this because at times when I record episodes on my podcast, we have technical difficulties or I'm talking and then there's silence. There's only reason why I would do that is because I'm falling asleep. <laughs> so let me make this clear. When I record podcast episodes at times, um, it's when it's late at night. Why? I do a lot of things. Uh, I go to work. But when I come back to work, I got to do other stuff too. And then, when I have time to do what I, what I do this podcast, I got to work on the show notes, I got to work on all that stuff. And then we get caught. I get caught up in the social medias, and then you get addicted, and then you get tired and you fall asleep. And I'm also a severe, severe procrastinator. So things get pushed back. And I get pushed back, and then I then I have to say, okay, Belinda, gotta get this done. And when I go and get it done, I start to fall asleep. So I two things I wanted to really revisit again, only because I really feel like you need to hear this. And it's um, an interview that Jackson Curtis did with a I don't know, how do you describe this people a, a influencer? I don't know. Uh, named Bevy Smith, and she did it for the sh for Radio Andy Cohen show. And then uh, an article I read, uh, MJ fan article I read that it was um, important. Now, did I mentioned the article I read from the MJ fan website? Um, I did this on the last episode, but I was falling asleep when I was telling the story. So I decided, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it again, so that you know. I'm doing it in a time where I'm not falling asleep. Now, during the day, there are, there are days where I'm not doing anything for like four hours. That would be a good time to record the episode. So, this episode you're hearing right now, I'm recording during a time I'm not doing anything in the afternoon on a Sunday. So, that would be the time to record because I'm not tired, I'm not falling asleep. Perfect. Now, let me go replay for the third time. Because the first time I played this, um... There were some issues with the with the uh, the audio. I don't know what was wrong with the microphone. I had to go get a new microphone. Um, something was going on was acting weird. So this was the first and second time. 
And when you when you play the episode again, it's like, oh, really? Like, come on. Like, you already spent two whole hours talking about it, and you don't want to do it again. So I decided to... Now, everybody's different when they do podcasts. Some people don't do it like I do. I'm not an expert in these things. I'm learning. And even with learning... Is not quite right, so that's one of the reasons. That's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing this again, because it's like okay, I'll do another episode. We'll just talk about it. This time around, it's going to be done right. So I'm going to go and play what she says, and I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay, um, so just understand. I explained why I'm doing this again, and that also um, you're going to hear background noises. I'm sorry, I'm home. You know, I live uh, uh, where we call here at Boulevard. That's a highway, aesthetically highway. And people are going to ride their motorcycles and make loud music. You're going to hear those things. So I apologize, okay? I can help it. Um, and the window's open. Even with the window's closed, you'll still hear it. So it doesn't matter. Uh, it's right there. So if you hear that and also bickering, look, I live with people. What do you want me to say? Um... I'm going to speak as loud as I can, so you don't hear those things, okay? I'm doing what I can. I'd rather you hear the fan behind the scenes than hear any of the noise in the conversation. I can't tell them, say, hey, stop talking because I'm in the middle of doing an episode. So I'm not going to do that. So let me go ahead and play you. I'm, I am so sorry. If you can hear a conversation, I apologize. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to play you the, episode, uh, the interview. All right, hold on. Going on with your family and especially um to my surrounding Michael. Um and now I, I just saw that this week they, they ruled that people cannot come back to the estate and sue the estate for alleged sexual abuse and things like that. What what do you feel is your family's legacy, um, including Michael's legacy? Because for, for many years that you know that 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 was a shadow and of course there was the Leaving Neverland documentary. Um so what do you think is the ultimate legacy for the family? Well, I think we were put here to do music, spread peace, and spread love, and write about it all around the world. Now, if people knew Michael Jackson that we know, they would know Michael Jackson would never, ever in a million years be a child. Um, so I look at that as uh, something that's crazy. He's been investigated by FBI. They found nothing in the, in the over a decade. That's a long time to investigate someone. He's been acquitted he of all kind of charges, and people have come out and said that the parents made them say these things. And like uh, I learned earlier this week, uh, the the thing with the way they was uh, thrown out of court. So uh, well, I think this is the third time. Third time. I think the family is all about the music. If you look at anybody that's been at a very, very high point, and I would look at my brother as he would have been in a high point no matter whose band he was in because he was just that good. Uh, they always tried to find or dig something to bring you down. I think my brother had too much power outside of music for some people, I want to say. But I think uh, I'll, 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 I'
hear that uh that was again for the hopefully third and last thought of that i hope that when you do listen to this episode you do hear that part clearly okay because i really wanted people to hear that part of the episode okay and um yeah um let me say what i think about this for the last time and if it changed from the previous ones oh um yeah i didn't like the question they were being asked and that's because by that time, this this was this year. This interview was on this year. By that time, um, information was already out uh, that already destroyed that dumbass leaving Neverland. So, asking his brothers again about what is their leg, what is the family's legacy, or rather Michael's legacy, is a stupid question. Uh, is not is not sexual abuse, false accusation allegation. You are people are more than just what people say they are. Uh, People lie, and it does. You don't need uh, a rocket science to tell you, uh, a rocket scientist to tell you that people don't lie. They do. They lie. So why are you asking his brothers a, a, a stupid question that makes no sense? And also, uh, Michael was found out in a court of law. So it doesn't really matter what you think. But what, what what matters is what, what what is the facts. What you think don't matter. Um, now his brother's defense defense of it was you know I expected from his brothers. I mean Tito said Michael was powerful and all that. Uh, I would say Michael was influential and that bothered people. I don't know what power he had. But if he had real power, it wouldn't happen to him. He wouldn't have the problems he had if he had real power. I mean, if he were out to destroy Michael, had real power, and no one's destroying them, like the media, members of the media, like, you know, people like David Geffen, he has real power. You don't see anyone destroying him. He gets to live his life in peace. Meanwhile, every day, Michael's being lynched. If it's not on... Social media is some, somewhere around the world. Some new face is trash in the sky. David Geffen gets to enjoy his life. Uh, that's power. Power can do that. If, if the LAPD won't touch it, 
You know, that means you have power. LAPD, you know, harassed Michael. So, you know what I'm saying? So, it's almost like, I don't know, I don't get the power thing. And, 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 and they want to say they came into this world to uh, give, uh, you know, bring joy to the world on it. And that's nice and um, but, you know, how are we going to stop these lies from happening, you know? Um, and, 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 and the just need to start questioning, should we keep talking to people who want to bring up nonsense from leaving Neverland, nonsense about their brother that's just not true? You have to talk to everybody. So... That was my two cents about it. And next thing I want to talk about is um, Jenny Jackson and Michael Jackson because uh, weeks ago uh, there was a there was an artist named and I mentioned this on the last episode, previous episode uh, by the name of Elephant Man who did a performance with Jenny Jackson in the BET Awards in 2004 around the time that um, um then Jess was going to the Super Bowl thing. So Elephant, Elephant Man did an interview and he had talked about uh, Michael calling him on the phone. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you what he said. This is from the website Michaelzine.com. Um let me read it. Janet could also evoke the Super Bowl incident in February 2004 when his stage performance just to just to dot the I just Justin relate and the boycott that followed that many media have in the U.S. The beginning of a desert long, or uh, the beginning of a desert crossing of several years for her. Okay, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what I just read. But I'm going to read the next paragraph. <laughs> Moreover, on this subject, in a recent episode of Tiano Evans' YouTube series, next Friday, August 20, this, this, was, this, this came on August 20, August of this year. The Jamaican artist Elephant Man recalled the gratitude expressed by Michael Jackson for his stage performance at the BET Awards in 2004 in June of the same year, following the fashion misstep that almost caught it in her illustrious career and where she began to be blacklisted. Um, Elephant Man had performed alongside Janet in a remix of the track all night. He said he was seriously stunned during a phone call from Michael Jackson when the latter told him he liked his song, Pondy River, Pondy Bank. Uh, that's a dance hall song that was released in 2003 and even quoted the lyrics to him I have seen enough dance before but I've never seen a dance like this Michael also thanked Elephant Man um, he said Elephant Man I just say thank you you don't know what you did for Janet I appreciate what you did for my sister man that show was awesome so um, I read that and, it, and that's just more proof that Michael was really there for his uh, family, uh, especially Janet when she was going through what she was going through in Subo, messed that happened two thousand four. Um, yeah, so but I wanted to read that part, and if anyone ever doubts, well, what did I ever do for Janet? Just read that part from him, uh, Elephant Man. Michael looked out for his sister, and I wanted to show that. I wanted to share that. The next subject is. Man, 
What we're going to do about this Dan Reed character? Dan Reed, man, you, uh, he is a mess. A, a, a really messy man. So, this knucklehead, uh, is not happy with how Leaving Neverland came. Yes, you won the awards you got paid for online on the dead person, but the ratings, the, the movie flopped, it was debunked within less than a month, after his release, and it's still being the month of this day, <laughs> he was still picking up, still, still picking up the lies from that trash. Wade and James credibility went to the toilet, and David Chappelle put it in the pits. Okay, and Dan Reed still can't get it through his head that hey man, give it up. But that's not what white supremacists do. Yes, white supremacists can also be liberals, y'all. They don't have to be conservative; they can be liberals. White supremacy doesn't matter. What political ideology you have, if you have a hatred for black people, okay, you are a white supremacist. You do everything in your power to make sure white, black people cannot have a legacy, cannot have a fortune, cannot have any decency in their name. You are a white supremacist. Dan Reed is a white supremacist. Okay. I don't want to hear, well, he, he, he does everything against black people. No, he does it like black, a black man and a black family. You don't need to hate, all you need to do to be a white person is to hate one black person and their whole family, everything is for. That's what makes you white person. Okay? Just because, oh, I like this black person, but I don't like this black person. No, you have hatred for black people. You just do. He's not a good dude. He's also, a, I believe, a closet pedophile. Now, he wants to blame the Jackson machine for the, LA, the uh, Leaving Neverland Blacklash and states other nonsense. Also, there's another documentary coming out on Michael. But I'm going to tell you why you need to ignore that. Let's get into this nonsense he said. So that basically, Dan Reed did a couple of interviews. <laughs> One from his useless podcast. I, I don't know what it's called. Michael Anthony. I think that's his name. Podcast where he allowed, he, he invites his clown. To come on his podcast and run his mouth about some shit he knows nothing about. And then I think he did an interview with Vice. Uh, I don't know. I don't follow Dan Reed. Like, he's blocked on Twitter. I don't care about this guy. But, uh, this was on my timeline. And when I was reading parts of it, I was like, what the fuck? So, he's a liar. Of course, Dan Reed is a liar. Uh, he stated in a recent uh, podcast interview that the reason why Leaving That Land was trash was because of the Jackson machine, quote-unquote. Okay. Um... I guess Dan Reed forgot that Taj and Brandy uh, were ignored by almost all mainstream media, but his two liars were everywhere. And, you know, Taj and Brandy had to do podcasts and he was on YouTube and on the radio while Dan and his sidekicks were all over the place like Good Morning America, CBS This Morning, or Miss whatever it's called now, Today Show, Good Morning America, Good Morning Britain, The Oprah Leaving Neverland Special, and on and on and on and on. Okay? Uh, they were everywhere. Uh, of course, all articles from the LA Times to the New York Times to <laughs> the Washington Post, uh, Pizza Shit TMZ, People, NSA Weekly, Variety, <laughs> Deadline, <laughs> our friends known as the Billboard, uh, at Rolling Stone, uh, 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 probably TV Guy, at E News, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, your, your weirdos, all the weirdos. Inside this, you know, all them motherfuckers. Entertainment Tonight, it's just Hollywood. All them motherfuckers. Oh, all them fools. All of them. Make sure to put these slime balls on my TV screen. 
on your on the articles just spreading lies about Michael and not none of them uh, reported any of the uh, lies. Sixty two plus lies from that piece of shit four hour trash. None of them uh, wanted to interview Brandy and Taj. I'll get into that in a minute. None of them wanted to even care about the actual information that was out there. Now with Brandy and Taj, they did the talk. They did the interviews with. People from Tariq Deshiz and Nicole's View to Lisa Cabrera to um, John Ziegler. Um, I know Todd did interviews with MJ Cass. Um, man, wasn't a lot. But they did what they did. Oh, Jason Lee. Uh, Randy did an interview with Jason Lee. Uh, Todd did a few interviews with um, Geeks and Gamers, I think it's called. Andy so- so- Simone. Oh, that's all I can think of. It's, it's I have a whole list of interviews he did on my YouTube channel. That's on YouTube. And while, uh, he did one on the Daily Mail USA version. He did an interview with some UK people. I can't remember right now. It's not coming to me. But, oh, of course, he's on Square One and so is Brandy. But when Brandy talked about uh, ABC News contacted her to do an interview regarding this clown, Wade Rosen, they were getting ready to the interview. She was ready. She was ready to go. ABC News was like, you know what? Nah. We're not We're not going to do an interview with you. We decided we're going to move on and do something else. Of course not, because you don't want to hear the truth. Uh, same thing happened with the Red Table Talk. Uh, Taj knew was friends with, is friends with one of the producers on that show. And we were trying, fans were trying to get uh, Will Smith's crazy wife, Gina Pinkersmith, to uh, talk to Brandy, at least her, or, or you know, or Todd, to, to defend Michael. Of course, this clown decided not to do that. Um, and, uh, the producers were not interested, and then, like, two years later, they, Willow decided, I'm gonna talk to Paris about her problems. Willow is two years younger than Paris, who has no idea what Paris has been through, doesn't even, probably doesn't even care, because she'll never know what that goes like, because, her father is loved in, in Hollyweird, and Michael is hated in Hollyweird. And, you know, I've, I've been very suspect about Paris' publicist, Elliot Bitts, who's extremely suspect, who fans need to look into, but they're too wicked busy focusing on nonsense and not seeing that his connections with Michael's haters is a big red flag. But, anyway, he's the one that also set up the interview Prince uh, Paris had with her brother for ABC News, but... Todd and Brandy couldn't even get an interview with ABC News to defend Michael's innocence. So, I guess they'll interview Michael's kids, but they won't interview Michael's nieces and nephew, niece and nephew, to clear his name. But his kids, oh, you're going to talk about something else. So, it has nothing to do with, you know, going after these two fools. It's a game that they're playing, and it's not a cool game. So, when they say there's a Jackson machine, there is none. We did all the work. With the Jackson Machine, that movie never came out. With the Jackson Machine, his executors would have done more than just sit there and follow legal motions that, okay, what are you doing, really, to tell this, these fools to shut the fuck up? I'm not talking about the lawyers that's working on these cases. I'm talking about John Bronco. I'm talking about, why don't you use your connection with the media? You were so quick to do that when they, when they, when when you were beefing with Michael's family. Uh, now, you, you won't do it. Some people make excuses for him. Typical. So there was no Jackson machine. Uh, these failures got their... Meaning, Wade and James got their attentions. They're still out here 
even though their cases have been dismissed, they're still appealing. So what? Why? I don't know. What machine, Dan? There is no machine. The machine to put these failures you put in our that are lying on this man is what's out there. There is no machine. So, uh, I guess he doesn't understand or doesn't respect the fact that Michael is innocent. But Dan Reed is trying to hold on to any lie that this uh, these knuckleheads told him. Uh, Michael's side of the story was completely ignored by all media. So if he had a, if there was an actual machine, that would have happened. Okay? To this day, people are still watching that trash movie and still comment on my, our beautiful Michael over lies. That just, it's, there's no way it happened. Okay? And that's really because the media did not give Michael's side of the story. Because they never did. They never really cared about Michael's side of the story. During the trial, they didn't report they didn't report the trial at all. They reported what they wanted to hear. And then got all pretend to be shocked when they found out he was innocent. Get out of here. Um, it is ridiculous. Now, I'm going to read you a tweet that uh, at MJ Respiratory, or T.S. Coleman stated on Twitter. Which is hilarious considering it was Dan's side that had the actual paid marketing firm devoted entirely to leaving Neverland. Complete with huge press packets and online activism. CBS gave Weissman less than 30 seconds to respond in a video, not even linked to online, after 30 minutes of Wade and James. By the way, Weissman was sick with cancer during that interview. Um, and Gail King's pathetic ass was giving him dumbass questions. He interviewed uh, Michael's brothers and nephew with them disrespectful questions because Gail King was in the was in the same was in the Vote with um, David Geffen and Oprah Winfrey watching that uh, ridiculous shit, uh, leaving Neverland. So she didn't care about she didn't care about their side of the story because she was like, I already made my mind about the sky. Of course you did, you dyke. Anyway, so Dan also stated in another interview about Michael's sexuality and that he did not think Michael thought he was gay, but Dan believes that Michael was a pedophile and he stated this laughable claim. So Dan Reed spends two years working on leaving Neverland. He admits all he knows about Michael Jazz is from Wilson and Sagechuck, as if they were the, his, his best friends. Callous people Reed ignored knew much better, spent may, way more time with him, and actively refute their claims. And then Dan Reed will say, I know what I know about Michael through only through Wade and James' eyes and through their families and witnesses statements, etc. What a clown. Only a dummy believes Wade and James. How many times did Wade change his story? I think he, this guy changed her like eight times. Uh, James wants you to believe he was abused in a building that did not exist. He wants you to believe that Michael's people hired him to be in a bad tour when he was... <laughs> he, he was never an employee. That's why this case is going on. Who who believes these clowns? Yes, Dan Reed has to believe these clowns because he cannot accept the fact, man, I was wrong. Let me stay away from this. You know, when you're a white supremacist and you don't like black people and you don't like a black man who's better than you and everything in their life, yes, you're going to stand by the lies that you want to believe because you, you really don't want to accept defeat. And his arrogance is why he says the, the only shit he says, Wade and James do not know Michael Jackson. I don't care what they say. Everybody ever met Michael all said he was a good dude. Yes, at one point, yes. Almost all of them say he was a good dude. But 
Some of them have changed their minds because Michael cut them off. Or Michael didn't want to be with their friend no more. Or Michael didn't want to hang out with them no more. Wade uses people. James uses people. They're users. Oh, you don't give me what I want? Then I don't need you. I will use you for all your worth because I cannot do my own thing. I cannot be a talented person. I have to be a fucking loser. That's who they are. No common sense person will learn about Michael through two fools who cannot keep their lives straight and who hasn't told any facts about Michael for as long as they have known Michael. Their silly ass learns about Michael through two losers who really didn't know him, but it, who really did not know him, but not from people who actually knew Michael. If Dan really knew Michael, he would never even remotely call Michael a pedophile and or nor gay. And that's the truth. Or when he called Michael a freak, when he called Michael a weirdo, when he say he's this or that, because he isn't. He was none of those things. Wade and James are what you call failures, what you call narcissists, what you call men who was ruined by their mothers. Their mothers ruined them, okay? Their mothers coiled to their every move. Their fathers was Wade's dad. They want nothing to do with their dad. They threw him in the trash because he was mentally ill. I don't know about Sachek's dad, but I know Sachek, father and mother, went to Michael, asked Michael, you know, what, you know, our son wants to do something in education, all that. And I know Michael told these two fools, these two people, you know, put your kids to school. Now, they said that Michael told them to get them out of school. Michael will never tell some, someone that. They, they will rewrite the history because they cannot accept the fact that they have nothing on this guy. You know, Michael didn't like James, and he didn't like Wade. Remember, Wade broke up Britney and Justin's relationship, and I think Wade kind of destroyed Britney Spears in a lot of ways, but they cover him up and get the blame to Justin Timberlake. And as a Justin Timberlake fan, um, I'm done, I'm not going to defend him on the Jenny thing because he got to go, he got to suffer that one. I'm sorry. But I'm going to defend him in some, in some ways of what happened to Britney Spears because I think a lot of it deals with her issue with Wade, but... Wade is, is protected by your, your media because he's out here attacking Michael. Wade also messed around with Monte Garcia, who was the ex-wife of Prince. And so, you know, yeah, that's, you know, my, this fool uh, disrespected a family dynasty. He disrespected probably the greatest entertainer of all time. He disrespected Prince, one of the greatest musicians of our time. This guy is useless and trash. Wade destroyed his own career on his own. Nobody told you to go mess around with somebody's wife. Nobody told you to go mess around with somebody's girlfriend. Michael is not that type of man to go and, 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 and encourage garbage to go and do that to his, um, to people. That's not who Michael Jackson was. But what people don't know, what I found out weeks ago, was that <laughs> Wade's mother, I call her Nanette, that's her real name. Because Joy, there are good people this morning, Joy. And Joy is a positive name. So I'm not going to give that Powers that clown Lynette. Lynette cheated on her husband two times with other men. So I guess Wade got that cheating behavior from his own trash mother and not people like a Michael Jackson or whoever. Because uh, Brandon did say in an interview that Michael told her if he did anything to you, let me know immediately. Now, I'm going to put this out there and I'm, you know, so I want to let them know. I, I'm really planning to reach out to Taj and Brandy for an interview very soon for my podcast. I have some questions I want to ask them. 
Um, and hopefully, if I do reach out to them and do do an interview with them, that you all know about it, and we can get some questions, some questions that I have in my mind answered, so we know what we have a clear idea of. We do have a clear idea, but we have an understanding of how things are going to go from there. Um, let's see what happens, like you guys posted. But, yeah, that's Dan Reed. He's getting ready to remote that Leaving Neverland 2 garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? Why is this fool playing himself? Just take an L, dog. It's old dog. Dog. You can't. So I'm not even calling the dog. Ball headed de demon. You can't keep on doing this. You can't. You playing yourself, dog. Uh, demon. Dogs are good people. Good, are good animals. So you can, you're playing yourself, Dan. Give it up. Wade and James are narcissistic, pathological liars. Nobody. These their wives are gonna leave. Them. No, these two women, no, well, woman period. No woman's going to tolerate these fools. Nobody is going to tolerate these fools. You know, they're losing, they're, they're hatching on. I even read something yesterday that, that, that made me laugh. Like, James's lawyer, Fidali, this clown said that um, James would have, put, would have put, brought in more money to the MJ, <laughs> MJ, uh, enterprises like who the hell who the fuck is James Chuck? who the fuck is he he's a nobody the people didn't come to see this ugly ass you know you know ugly ass uh, furry looking boy they came to go see Michael Jackson they ain't coming what benefit is James who the fuck is James who the fuck cares about this white paisley you know boy that it does it that is allergic to chapstick who cares about this blue-eyed devil? Who the fuck is he? This is the mindset of white supremacy. They'll say anything to make some stick. Instead of saying, damn, James, go get a job. Damn, James, go go find another way to pay off your debt and leave this, these people alone. No, they won't do that. If you have a true case, you're not saying this nonsense like he would bring more money to the Jackson, you know, the Jackson Empire. What the, who the fuck is he? Look, throw this nonsense in the trash, and these lawyers need to stop allowing these fools to appeal. They have no case. If you can't prove these things, then let's see what we can do to throw this out so we can move on. I don't care what these fools do. They can cash in, find ways to cash in on the lies they make. Nobody cares anymore. Their names are anonymous with are synonymous with failure. Okay? Also, and this is not to promote this, so I'm not gonna tell you what this is gonna come on all that. If you read my Facebook page, I already put it on there. There's another documentary coming out on my ankle that's gonna talk about some nonsense. Look, don't watch it. Um you hear about it, you see about it, don't watch it. But please look out for something else I post on my Facebook page, which is the trailer to Sonic. I always forget what this is called. I'm sorry. Marcus Kabbalah um, did the documentary for <laughs> Bruce Rudian. So I'm going to say it's called Sonic Fantasy. And it's going to premiere on, in um, film festivals this coming 
October 27th, a day before my birthday. So, look out for those. A fan asked where where would they where would this documentary be aired. He said. Um, he's not sure he wants it to be aired everywhere. I think it should be. I saw the trailer already. It's looking, it looks great. I can't wait to see the movie or documentary. There are more documentaries coming. Of course, we know Jin, if you is on my Facebook page too. Jin, uh, Chabon, Chobin, Chobin, uh, is getting, is working on trial, uh, um, tr the trial of Michael Jackson, how the media dehumanize an American icon. The trailer is already up. Please go check out that trailer. Uh, there's a lot of documentaries coming out, happening. Of course, Todd's documentary, still working on that. Um, and more are coming. Support these documentaries. The only way that we clear his name is by doing what we're doing, uh, supporting documentaries, letting people know the other side of the story, because his estate executives don't care. And I think you think they do, they don't. Uh, the media clearly don't care. And, um, the people who are blinded by the media don't care either. We gotta focus on the ones who do care. Thank God for social media in a way, we have an opportunity to tell the other side of the story. Okay, because the mainstream media is very powerful, as we all know. And they can manipulate and change people's <laughs> way of seeing them. I mean, look, look at Michael Jackson. We, we are fans of a person. We physically saw how uh, he was loved by everybody, but go ahead and throw in this crazy rumor about him harming kids and it seemed like the whole world turned on him. Um, that's how this media is. It's extremely powerful. And there's a generation of people that grew up on these lies. And it, at this point, especially if you're in your 20, mid to late 20s, your 30s, 40s, 50s, there's no excuse to be, oh, I didn't know, I just know, we have social media, we have YouTube, we have, there, we have Billions upon billions of videos on this on YouTube or everywhere that 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 can give you the other side of the story. If you continue to let the media think for you, you're you're pretty much lost. And it's time to start thinking like a level-headed adult. You're not a child anymore. You're a grown adult. Start thinking like a grown adult. Start thinking logically. Start thinking like you have sense. I don't want to hear. Or he was this. He said that doesn't mean anything. Start thinking like you have sense that there's two sides to every story. Stop thinking like an emotional hot mess. You are. We are more than this. A human being cannot be always fixated on their emotions. They have to think logically because it can hurt somebody. A man's legacy should not be ruined over two people who didn't make him like. We live in a society we cater too much to failures. Instead of saying, hey man, you didn't make it. Not everybody gonna make it. It's just reality. This is a guy who had opportunity given to him and he blew it. And instead of saying, man, you know, let me redeem myself and get myself together. No, he makes it worse by by just not accepting the fact he is he's just not cut up to be what they want him to be. He just isn't that type of person. That's okay. You don't have to be. Someone like a Michael Jackson, someone like a Janet Jackson. I mean, throw in there. Yeah, of course, a prince. They're meant to be what they're meant to be because it was written for them. But someone like Wade, 
It isn't real for him. He's not that type of person. He just is. He's not a hard worker. He's uh, he's not serious. He's an opportunist. I mean, don't be surprised if he dated uh, Brandy to get connected to the Jacksons because he cannot do it himself. And that starts at home. His own mom left a home country, a whole fucking country to come to America and stalk a Jackson for fame. That's a figure. Nobody decent does that. Then she threw her husband with two other men. They throw her husband away because he's mentally ill. She's a nobody. You know, I mean, this 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 thing comes from a nobody. His sister married a criminal. His brother is, a, is another user who used um, a Michael connection, uh, Scott Ross, to be a PI and then stop talking to the to Scott Ross because Scott Ross won't stop defending Michael. No, he's not going to stop defending a dude who didn't do anything to your pathetic brother. I mean, stop being the pathetic failures that you are. The woman to believe, Wayne Robeson goes on Inside Edition and says, oh, uh, Michael abused me a hundred th- times. First of all, you barely hung out with him. On top of that, Michael's not that type of dude. But yes, clowns like Jim Murray gives this piece of shit an opportunity to go trash a, a dead person because he failed in life. And Jim Murray filed that stupid trial, and of course, he never told you the real story because he's a clown. Clowns don't tell you the real story. I'm surprised he's straight. I, when I found he was married to a woman, I was like, what? But anyway, you know, that's either here. I don't even know why I brought it up. Uh, that's neither here or there. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, <coughs> these are losers. You need to start seeing it for what it is. Okay? So, when... <coughs> Sorry, everybody. So, when the ad documentary being done on Michael... That is true. That is done by people who know him. Support it. <coughs> Support it. Let's ignore the nonsense they say about him. And even more nonsense. Now, around this time, from the time I recorded the previous episode to now, we found the or maybe before that. We found, maybe it was before that. The verdict for the R. Kelly case came and he was found guilty. Now, of course, your typical pathetic media likes to compare Michael's case to R. Kelly's case because, wait, the two black men be accused of sexual abuse. Let's compare. So, they don't understand the nuances because the media, like I said, is, is a white, or I'm going to say now, is run is mainstream media is run by you know white supremacists and they're not going to care about the nuances of these things because they don't give a damn about it. Two black men who once ruled the music charts are going down. Perfect. That's perfect for them. Okay. R. Kelly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did that. He's he's a he's an off-putting dude. Um, but of course the media doesn't care. Like this tweet from Telegraph Music in the UK. This is what the nonsense said. Like Michael Jackson's music, R. Kelly songs have been shipped into an ambiguous space tainted by association. Some may uh, will 
continues with R. Kelly for what his music represents to them, but Neil McCormick predicts he will become a persona non grata on radio stations. Um, uh, radio stations, uh, that is prehistoric stuff now, because they have something called streaming. And R. Kelly's music is still there, and actually is breaking records. Well, what are you gonna say? I mean, R. Kelly <laughs> has fans. And I've always said, if you have fans, you never really do go away. And that's the reality. Typical of the lazy mainstream media to compare these men to one another based on unproven and false information. Michael's music is played everywhere. So what is the useless? What is this useless Neil McCormick talking about? Of course, nothing. Now, in the wake of people continuing to compare Michael Jackson's cases to R. Kelly's case, there is a podcast called Conversation in a Cafe, and they interviewed a fellow MJ fan and advocate named Dr. Andrew Green about the two cases and how they are not the same. And we're gonna start playing it. Now, if you want to see it for yourself, they start at 9 minutes and 29 seconds. I'm going to play to you what Dr. Green stated so you guys can hear what he has to say. And, uh, and you will hear the differences between Michael's case and R. Kelly's case, okay? And after that, I'm going to play a video essay someone, a YouTuber by the name of Expressive, did on R. Kelly and the Aaliyah uh, situation. This was done in 2017 when it was revealed about R. Kelly's ways. And, of course, since things have changed since then because now R. Kelly is guilty of what he's accused of. And uh, let me just say one more thing before I play these videos. The trial, the R. Kelly trial itself was weird. But here's reality about his life. And his fans don't want to accept it, I think. And, that, and that's okay because I, I don't really care about what R. Kelly fans have to say. I know they tell fans that we tell people to read the transcripts, and we can read the transcripts all day and all that, but what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to sit here and let people say um, these girls were fast, and uh, like Aaliyah was fast, and all that. Aaliyah was an abuse victim. Aaliyah told, at the time she was going to marry him, Dame Dash, what this man did to him. I mean, her. What R. Kelly did to her. And I'm not going to sit here and anybody Call this woman a fast woman, especially that she's deceased, and it's highly disrespectful to her. Um, her fans have suffered horribly uh, the last twenty years. Of course, the death of Aaliyah is tragic. How she died is horrific and preventable. But the disrespect people do. This is why I'm playing this video because I want people to understand that Aaliyah, like Michael. Uh, and essentially dealt with a lot of nonsense in her life and have a lot in common in this industry. Starting out young, dealing with all the predators in the industry. Okay? I'm not saying Michael had been around predators or was it was attacked by a predator, I don't know. But it's a lot of nonsense that goes on in the industry. And having parents that want you to be celebrity or famous or whatever. And parents or relatives. And Aaliyah had an uncle, of course, has an uncle, Barry Hanker, Hankerton, Hankerson, who put R. Kelly around this woman, this girl. R. Kelly married a 15-year-old and told her to pretend to be 18 years old so he can go ahead and marry this girl. That's why I need to know about R. Kelly as a person. R. Kelly is a predator. There's no way looking at it. I don't want to hear any more of it. He should ne Michael's name 
should never be in the same sentence as R. Kelly. Every time I see that, I just ignore it because it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Michael cared about the well-being of children. R. Kelly never cared about the well-being of children. And that's who he was. He knew this was a child and still took advantage of her. That's not being a fast person. The nerve to call this girl, this woman, fast when she had no control of what this creep did to her. She was abused. She was groomed. That happens. That has nothing to do with fucking being fast. That's crazy. Now, the other accusers, I don't know what they're about. I didn't watch even, I didn't watch, um, Surviving R. Kelly because it just looked kind of tabloid to me. R. Kelly's situation of happened in 2008, it did not. He got lucky. He got found not guilty. Now, you would think R. Kelly would, would go and get over this and go marry or be with a woman in his age group. No, he still associated himself with women way too young for him. Obviously, our girls and women way too... This, this, why? Obviously, the guy has a problem. So, uh, you know, look, there are people out there who support R. Kelly. Support him. Do what you do. What you got to do. Um, but I'm not supporting it. I feel I feel sorry for his his actual victims. I don't know about these ones because they seem suspect. Um, but it is what it is. And the parents of these women and victims that put him, uh, that daughters around this creep, knowing he married a 15 year old, <laughs> they need to go to jail too. But they're not. Because they're not aiming at them. They probably used them to set him up. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to play the video or, yeah, the, co the the video that proves that there's a difference between, a huge difference between Michael's case and R. Kelly's case, okay? And, you know, anyone ever tell you this nonsense about uh, Aaliyah was, fa was fast and all that, tell them to shut the fuck up, Okay? You can still listen to her stuff, but tell them to shut the fuck up about oh she was being fast on it. That's 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 irrelevant and that's nonsense, okay? This is between Michael and the R. Kelly case, and why are they different and completely should not be mentioned in the same sentence? Uh, uh, good question. Well, first let me say that while for some it is tempting to lump Michael Jackson in the same conversation with R. Kelly, I think doing so how very little people actually know about Michael Jackson's case, or, or Kelly's, or perhaps even both, right? And uh, the allegations around that Jackson largely started to fade over the past decade for a reason. Unlike Kelly's cases, where the more you looked at Kelly's cases, he starts to look, you know, a little guilty. The more you looked at Jackson's allegations, the more vindicated, the more exonerated Jackson becomes. For example, no on, allow me to highlight some of the main differences between the two cases, okay? Oh. So, R. Kelly is allegedly on tape committing some of these acts of which he's accused. That is evidence. There's no such evidence of anything tangible that you can put your hands on and say this is evidence against Michael Jackson. In fact, in the Jackson's case, the FBI meticulously combed through 16 computer hard drives and VHS tapes looking for evidence of child pornography that either included Michael Jackson himself or excluded him. Any version of child pornography is illegal, whether or not if you're in it or not. And guess what they found? Nothing. They found absolutely nothing. R. Kelly, a married minor. We all know that when Aaliyah was 15, you know, he married on Aaliyah. And that's a provable fact. Michael Jackson married two grown-ass women in his lifetime. R. Kelly had 11 victims 
and accusers testifying against him in court of law. Jackson had 20-plus witnesses testifying for him. And the funny thing about that is that some of the witnesses that the prosecution called, it wasn't just witnesses on the uh, defense that was testifying for him. Like, but some of the other witnesses that the prosecution called, like Debbie Rowe and even Jim Chandler, mother of the 1993 accuser, they, they, they effectively assisted the defense uh, more than they actually did the prosecution. And only one accuser testified against Jackson in court. So that's another difference. There is no evidence Kelly was blackmailed by any of his accusers at all. None of his accusers first approached Kelly under the table, you know, to try to get an under the table transaction, right? I won't go public with this if you give me, you know, five thousand dollars or I just do a number out there. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no evidence that R. Kelly was actually blackmailed. There's ample amounts of evidence that Jackson was blackmailed, you know, by who I think is real accuser in nineteen ninety three, Evan Chandler, which is uh, the then miner's father, along with a couple of his employees as well. But Kelly's history, you know, his background is full of violent allegations, physical, emotional, sexual. He's even accused of being invasive and, you know, invading privacy. Michael Jackson is not known to be that same violent person. His history is full of things like being the most charitable entertainer in history, spending countless of hours in hospitals and charities and shit like that. And I've always said if the, the trial in 2003, if that was made public for, for us to view, like the whole Leaving Neverland thing would have happened because people would have saw Wade on stand being very strong in the fact that nothing happened to him. So now you have him saying that, and then you come back to him saying um, years later that all of this happened to him. It wouldn't have had the same impact because people would have actually seen him, you know, to deny it and things of that nature. Right. I, I just feel like that was a great point that you made of um, the benefit that the later two accusers got from the 2003 trial not being um, available for everyone to see because, like, they were able to even manipulate that part of for their, you know, documentary, mockumentary, like I like to call it, and, um, in a certain way where in reality it was such a mess. And I, I, I love the flashbacks of like correspondence like really like it doesn't look good for the accusers. <laughs> like it was it was a mess from beginning to end. Like and, and the public as a whole missed out on that. Exactly. Missed out on what could have been the public exoneration of Michael Jackson. Uh, I think it goes back to what Andrew said about public opinion. People run with headlines and hear any little bit of information, especially with somebody like Michael Jackson, who has sort of a mystery around him, you grasp onto that first thing you get and you fill in the blank and you run with it. So when you hear the first hint of anything, you're like, well, I don't get him. So yeah, that must explain it. I'm going to go with this. I, I, it's like... They're correct. They are correct. <clears throat> that was a great uh, breakdown from Dr. Green on that. <laughs> and, and, and many more. We can go on and on. Now, Dr. Green brought up an interesting point about R. Kelly, which was his violent ways. Now, I'm going to play you part of a, and everybody to watch it, I posted on the show notes, uh, part of a video essay on R. Kelly's ways and his history with the late, great Aaliyah. Uh, this is more proof that both cases' trials were not the same was how R. Kelly treated one of his actual victims, the late, great Aaliyah. This short report on R. Kelly's allegations goes into what he did with the singer after she removed herself from him. 
this, okay, so I'm going to play to you what happened. And it's sad because, you know, these people, you know, don't know how bad it was. They just sit there and just make up some stuff. And it really needs to stop. You know, uh, it really does. Um, so let me just put it back a little bit. Okay. I didn't even I didn't even move it. Okay. Alright. Let me go ahead and get it ready. Give me a minute. Okay. Now this whole situation makes me think back on poor Aaliyah. Aaliyah started out her career with R. Kelly because she and R. Kelly were under her uncle's management at the time. R. Kelly had Aaliyah dressing like him, and he referred to her as his best friend. Most of all, I'd like to thank two very special people in my life. That's my mom, who's in heaven, Joanne Kelly right now, my best friend in the whole wide world, Aaliyah. This was odd because he was close to 30 years old, and Aaliyah was only 14 at the time. At the tender age of 13 to 14, R. Kelly had Aaliyah in the recording studio with him by herself. Both R. Kelly and Aaliyah produced Aaliyah's multi-platinum classic album called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. However, there was a lot of drama and speculation around that title and around Aaliyah and R. Kelly's relationship. Okay, let's clear something up because you know I've been getting a rundown on the street. Everybody seems to think that y'all are either girlfriend or boyfriend or cousin or <laughs> just <laughs> let's, let's just get the record straight. Well, no, we're not related. or the forum for me to really get into that. Okay. So she's famous, she's rich, and the only thing she seems vague about is how old she is. My age is, is, is going around. It's like, I just never really say it. So, um, you can't hear from me. But I'm in my mid-teens. Mid-teens. Okay. okay. They'll say we'll find the things like, oh, Aaliyah's married. Right. I just said, well, you know, I, I say no. Well, she may say no, but this marriage certificate shows that last August, Aaliyah and R. Kelly said yes. But hold on a sec. How old did she say she was again? Now I'm in my mid-teens. 15, <laughs> So if she says mid-teens, the certificate says 18 and her record company 15, how old is Aaliyah? Maybe the reason she's keeping quiet is because if proved she's a minor, her marriage to R. Kelly will be null and void. But what happened was Robert's mom died in the process of to making the record, and Robert was extraordinarily close to his mom. She was, she was his muse, you know. Right. She was well, inspiration for him in a lot of ways and stuff. And so it was a traumatic experience. And so that tra that trauma um, made her, him, and Aaliyah become very close because a lot of times in the studio, like 
me, but it would just be them too. And he'd be like, I was crying and, you know, going through whatever he was dealing with, trying to deal with the loss of his mom. And, like, she would be the one kind of there comforting him, you know, because they were working together so closely. Again, not condoning anything, but I think that's what kind of got the line to us. Right. You know, I think that was it. Right. So, you know about all the rumors about you being married and stuff like that. Was there any truth to that? Man, you are so late. I'm talking to you. You know what it is? Like, so I just had to ask you, though. Nah, because, like, the fans, they know. You know what I mean? Like, my fans that I love you, thank you for supporting me, they know. Like, you need to get, like, an old vibe or something and, like, right. get the answer because that's old. I'm single. Okay. Basically, Aaliyah confirmed her marriage to R. Kelly because Buy Magazine published their marriage certificate. The marriage was annulled by Aaliyah's parents' request. Her family wasn't uproar that the marriage happened in the first place because she was 15 and he was 27. Not only that, it was alleged that Aaliyah was pregnant by R. Kelly. In 2002, Kelly was charged with child pornography. He was eventually cleared. But this new book, The Man Behind the Man, threatens to dig up old skeletons. It's written by Kelly's former personal assistant, Demetrius Smith, a nonfiction Work delves into Kelly's professional and personal relationships, including one with late R&B singer Aaliyah. One excerpt from the book reads, I think she's pregnant, he said, in a voice that sounded as if he wanted to burst out in tears. Oh man, Rob, was all I could say at the time. Daryl arranged for a car to pick Aaliyah up at O'Hare Airport, and she had a hotel room available on arrival. This was crazy. The publishers say the book also examines that so-called secret marriage of Kelly and mid-15-year-old Aaliyah, something that has become modern folklore. But is it true? Smith reportedly says to Kelly, how you gonna marry Aaliyah, Rob? I asked in bitter sadness. I wanted him to relinquish his idea on how that was going to happen. America thinks that her parents consented to this. The book reveals it was a secret from actually her parents as well. Um, it was something that R. Kelly orchestrated within his camp. Aaliyah's family got her away from R. Kelly and probably saw to it that she had an abortion. Because poor Aaliyah was sexually abused, and she probably didn't know it. After the whole marriage drama and Aaliyah split from R. Kelly, R. Kelly tried to get Aaliyah blackballed from the industry. And I, what, what was surprising to me is really how after it all came out, it was really kind of like Aaliyah got the, uh, villainized somehow. Yeah, she got blamed. That's true. Yeah, and that's, that's right. the part that I never understood. And, and that's what made the, the, the transition to the second album very difficult. You know, uh, except for a few relationships with Jermaine and Cree and Puffy. It was hard for us to get producers. Uh, so you think like, had been blackballed once people started? It, it, it felt like it. That's, that's what it felt like. And, uh, I just didn't understand why they were upset with that. Aaliyah was still able to have success in music. But her marriage to R. Kelly was a very dark time in her mysterious, short-lived life. And the reason why I bring up Aaliyah's story is because the same way these young girls are promised fame by R. Kelly is the same way R. Kelly promised fame to Aaliyah. And he did help jumpstart her career, but it came with a cost, and it almost destroyed Aaliyah's life and her career in music. Unfortunately, girl... No. How can an R. Kelly fan explain that to me? How can you find innocence in that? How can you find innocence in that? How is that the same as Michael Jackson? What career is Michael Jackson destroyed? Wade Rosen, first of all, it had nothing to do with Wade Rosen or anybody's career. Because 
All he did was mentor them and move on. You didn't make it? It wasn't meant for you. That's no one's fault but your mate didn't work hard enough. You know, I mean, Michael had, you know, with people on the map. When they got a career with Sheryl Crow. That weirdo got a career out of it, you know, is is not popping like he used to. But her connection with Michael gave her that career. You know? R. Kelly said the like what did the gentleman say in the video? You know, he don't put her she wanted to touch Aaliyah. Nobody wanted to touch that. How did that happen with Michael's false accusers? No, no, it's not the same. That's why, that's the main, that's when the main difference is. R. Kelly fans cannot explain that to you. They hate it when you bring up Aaliyah. Why? Because it, 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 it doesn't help him. No one ever said R. Kelly was fully innocent. That's another reason why you can't compare his situation to Michael's. And most importantly, R. Kelly was not framed. Michael Jackson was framed. So, you know, anyone, again, anyone that want to bring up this nonsense about R. Kelly and Michael's case are the same, play that video. It's not the same. And those two videos and many more. You know, Michael will never ruin the careers of anyone. Nor would he ever harm anyone. That's not his character. He was too decent to even think of doing that. However, the mainstream media does not care for these things. All they care about is destroying Michael at all costs. The next subject I'm going to talk about is Drake will never be Michael. Never. Now, how did this happen? Why are we talking about this laughable nonsense? Uh, is, is again, the media's attempt to erase Michael from history. Thanks in part to publications like Piece of Shit Billboard. Yes, those people that just can never <laughs> quit it with their issue with Michael. Okay, Billboard did an article talking about how Drake's uh, current album, uh, what, what is this album called? I don't even know. Certified Lover Boy broke some records. Now, I'm going to read you an article uh, that um, was done by Matthew Allen for the Grio. It was also on uh, it was also on Yahoo Music, and I'm going to read you uh, what what was stated. The title is Drake versus Michael Jackson: How the Numbers Show This Is a One-Sided Debate. For the last few decades, scores of music lovers have been clamoring to anoint the next Michael Jackson. Usher, Justin Timberlake, The Weeknd, Chris Brown, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars all have been propped up by fans, blogs, and magazines as the heir apparent to Lake King of Pop. Now it's apparently Drake's turn. With the release of his sixth album, Certified Lover Boy, Drake is in a ratified, ratified, in ratified air as the LP not only broke unprecedented streaming, streaming, listen to what I'm saying, unprecedented streaming numbers. But nine songs reached the top ten on the Billboard 100, the most ever top ten uh, pop singles from one album. That previous record, Seven, was previously held by Jackson's 1982 album Thriller, as reported by Billboard, as well as Rhythm Nation 1814, the 1989 album of his younger sister, Jenny Jackson. As Drake's sustained success reaches the zenith, sites are now pondering if this massive attention is akin to Jackson's at height 
at the height of his fame, causing the betas to flock to social media to engage in furious dialogue on the validity of uh, Drake vying for Jackson's throne. It's time to put the conversation to bed. History can sometimes be a tricky thing. Author Nelson George West wrote that perception is almost as important as facts when it comes to history. Music leaves so much room for perceptive, perceptive, uh, perceptive, yeah, perceptive thinking. It's important to understand that music is subjective. Period. There has, there has been, uh, there has to be some level of acceptance that artists suffer from depreciation of cultural reverence and contest with each passing generation. We cannot and should not condemn listeners of a certain age who enjoy Drake's music more than Jackson's by simply virtual and virtual and contemporary programming. No more than people who may have ranked Jackson over James Brown. Uh, few rap artists have been a consistency has been I mean too fast. Few rap artists have been as consistently consistently successful at producing hits than Drake in American history. Like it or not, his achievements must be acknowledged and respected when you place him next to his peers. But Drake and Jackson are not peers. Because of the subjectivity, subjectivity of music and personal preference, there will be no comparing of individual song quality between the two. And since numbers and statistics are what spawned this debate in the first place, that's what will be used. What will be used to make the case that the two should not be compared. Certified Lover Boy achieving the record of record of stagger, of a staggering seventy. Uh, 744 million streams within its first week, as reported by the New York Times. No other artist has had such has had such success with an album since streaming has factored into sales tribulation. Tabulation, I'm sorry. In addition to full albums being sold in one package, Billboard measures sales in a two-tier system of equating 1,250 streams to one album unit via paid subscription audio streams, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and equating 375,000 streams to one album via ad-supported audio streams. Spotify, YouTube. During Jackson's lifetime, the primary way to listen to listen and acquire albums was to buy physical copies, be it through cassette, CD, or vinyl. Jackson's most successful album, Thriller, is currently th- at 34 million albums or units sold according to the Recording and Recording Industry Association, or R- <laughs> that's not what it's called. Recording something, the RIAA. To put it in perspective, that's how many albums that is Drake's entire discography of seven albums is collectively twenty-five times platinum. Consider uh, counting his collaborative album with Future. What a time to be alive! Certified Lover Boy has yet to be certified platinum. People have to leave their homes and buy a physical copy of Thriller rather than listening on Spotify or downloading it on iTunes. This should be also factored into Drake's new single record. That streaming allows his songs to earn high placement in Billboard 100 without needing to be formally released as commercial signals the way Jackson did with Thriller. Going even further, Jackson continues to win the age of streaming as Thriller has gone platinum five times over since 2015. Equating to a nearly a million units per year as of late. Yes, Thriller is one of a million musical and cultural anomaly, and may not and may and it may not be fair to judge that against certified Love Boy since Drake has a bigger selling albums. 
has has had a bigger selling albums. Three of Drake's LPs have sold over five million copies, which is astounding for any artist over past for any artist over the past decade, rap or otherwise. Well, from 1979 to his death in 2009, Jackson released seven albums and has only sold under eight million copies twice. Again, mostly physical copies. Drake also has has also surpassed Michael in total top tens on the Billboard Hot 100 in 2020. He achieved his 39th and 40th placement to become number one best best in the previous record holder. Madonna was 38. Jackson holds at 30. This record, however, it was inflated as 15 of the 40 of Drake's guest guest features on the artist songs include um, the two that put him in the first place. Jackson was only the featured guest once on his 30th with his 30 um, Paul McCartney Say Say Say. In fact, if we're keeping things fair, Jackson was also featured on Rockwell's number two single, Somebody's Watching Me, and number one charity smash, We Are the World, which he co wrote. Then there are the Jackson 5 slash Jacksons, who achieved 11 top 10 singles, <clears throat> bringing Jackson to 43. Of course, Drake has many more since 2020, but contest is important. Speaking of which, cultural content needs to be considered. Shuffle culture and first reaction trends dictate general music criticism today. Albums are being declared instant classes after a single day at least at a week at most. Drake benefits to a degree from the, a, cultural, a culture that is so quick to put something on a pedestal. Social media memes and dance challenges help propel his tracks like Tootsie Slide and In My Feelings to top the charts. Jackson accumulated his success in one, in a much more methodical fashion and before social media. Imagine if Twitter existed with Jackson Muons and Moses 25, or if YouTube was around when the Thriller video premiered. Think of the countless TikTok challenges that would have come from Smooth Criminal Lean or the face more from the black or white clip. Finally, there's each artist's lasting impact over time. The story of Drake's impact on music is still being composed, and we may not know its full magnitude for a long time from now. What can already be determined is Jackson's impact across generations. He has had a top, a top ten Billboard 100 single five single in five consecutive decades. The man will start concerts by standing motionless for over three minutes with a wavering applause. And let's not even discuss the force of painted hands, tears shed by every age group in every corner of the planet at the mere sight of him performing. You have to give Drake credit, though. He's embracing the notion that he's on the same level as the king of pop. On only, he only lived, he only lived twice. He raps. Not sure if you know. I'm actually Michael Jackson slash the man I see in the mirror is actually going platinum. All the aforementioned folk who have been propped up to be the next MJ have paid him homage in one way or another. Whether it's the weekends covering Dirty Diana, Beyonce mimicking his super cool, super outfit, outfit in her. Own Super Bowl game or Sprout's tearful tribute to the performance at the 2010 BET Awards. Most of these artists want to keep Jackson where he is as a template. Timberlake shared with MTV's My Album Launch in 2003 that he didn't want to be compared to Jackson. I personally don't want it. He said, It's a lot of pressure to be compared to some something as, as, a, as something that's a phenomenon. Kendrick Lamar told Jimmy Fallon in 2016 he was happy that his album Pimp a, to Pimp a Butterfly. Only got 11 Grammy Award nominations because he didn't want to beat Jackson's record of 12 to 1984. If Drake wants to trump the throne, he 
has much ground to cover. He may want to learn how to dance and compose music and produce and donate hundreds of millions of dollars to charity and record more albums with Future so he can have a chance to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, like Michael Jackson. That is a very good article that really gets into the absurdity of why you should not be comparing a whole Michael Jackson to a whole Drake. It's not even the same thing. And of course, the tweet of that talk about now these are blue text one of the great Missy Elliott. Um, she said Michael's pure sells alone, but his impact will be remembered when he, we are no longer here, which is true. Um, Shay Room asks if Drake is asks if Drake in 2021 bigger than Michael Jackson at his peak. Michael Jackson, the Michael Joseph Jackson, Thriller Mike, the guy with the penny loafers, Billy Jean, baby father, <laughs> the dude who took care of Annie, Shaman, y'all gonna stop playing with me. The shade room did not uh, create that. It was the it was billboard. I'm gonna get into why I think that's suspect in a minute. I'll get into it. And another blue text said, every couple of months, y'all hop on here and disrespectfully try to question the legitimacy of Michael Jackson's status as the king of pop. Every time y'all fail, y'all fail. It's boring and annoying. Just stop. Then uh, someone asked on them, is Drake? This is from RapTV.com <laughs> on YouTube. Um. Twitter. Is Drake in 2021 bigger than Michael Jackson at his peak? Drake's reach is most prominent in dominating wealthy and English-speaking nations. Drake doesn't have the numbers in a whole continent of the world like Africa and Asia. Nobody is waking is walking around Egypt singing God's plan, but they certainly are singing MJ. Facts. Now, there was a Twitter uh, handle named at uh, strapped is Ashtrap HH. Uh, the acts best magazine song of all time, but you aren't allowed to say Thriller or Billie Jean. And man, Michael was trending all night. His songs were trending all night when that tweet came out. And it just proves to you that no matter what, hey, you know, Michael is not going anywhere. Um, even Michael's son Prince has something to say in the shade room posted on there. Uh, this ridiculous comparisons between his father and Drake. So, of course, Michael's son has something to say. I'm going to play to you what he said. Okay? Oh, and it had a lot of likes on the Shade Room. It had over 250,000 likes on, <laughs> on the Shade Room because, let's face it, who in the hell would compare, um, oh, he's not even here. Who in the hell would compare, uh, Drake, uh, I guess it's some Drake. It, it's absurd. It's, it's laughable. There were some tweets I saw where uh, they had a picture of Drake hanging out with gang members. <laughs> and he looks scared. But when they showed a picture of Michael hanging out with gang members, uh, he looked comfortable. You know that famous picture from The Way Women Feel? Because uh, Michael had real gang members in the Beat It short film and The Way Women Feel short film. And there's a picture of Michael with the gang members and he's doing the gang <laughs> This is a real picture. He he did the gang sign and he was like comfortable around them. And there's this crazy rumor that will not, for some odd reason, will not go away of people thinking Michael was a member of a gang. Michael was way too <laughs> clean cut and decent to be a gang member. On top of that, he was way too busy. It just wasn't him. Now, is it possible that maybe some members of his family, elders of his, yeah, 
Yeah, because of his regaining, anything's possible. But I don't think Michael. I mean, Gary Deanna had a lot of issues with games. So they, Joseph tried to get his sons away from games. We should respect that, you know. And he did his job with that. And you know, I get it. You know, he put game members in his short films, and we know why he did that was because he wanted them to find a better way to live their lives and not do this, you know, dangerous lifestyle they were living. I don't want to get off topic. But yeah, that picture of Michael with, <laughs> with the gangsters was so funny. But it is a, it's a lot, of, it is an actual real picture, and he felt comfortable with them. But Drake, when he was doing pictures with gang members, he, he didn't look, he didn't seem comfortable. <laughs> and someone pointed that out. Okay, let me tell you the, <laughs> the video of Prince when they asked him about this dumbass uh, comparison. And Prince, in an answer, was just typical of greatness. I'm going to play it for you. Hold on a minute. Oh yeah, of course an ad when you when you when you play stuff on YouTube, there's always an ad. So here we go. I mean everybody has their own, you know, definition of great and all respect to Drake for everything that he does. But what my father and my family accomplished in the time that they did it is very unlikely never to be matched again. Never matched again. You damn straight. Now a child of Michael's no. Ain't nobody in a right goddamn mind is gonna sit here and replace his daddy with some Drake. By the way, Billboard was the one who created this nonsense because of the records that he broke. You know, okay, records are meant to be broken. Billboard. We know that Billboard failed in destroying Michael and they're still trying to do this. Billboard, we see you, dog. I know that y'all went to the 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 the, the accounts on the Twitters and the and the, and the Instagrams and told them to go spread this bullshit, and they did, and they got laughed at as they should. Um, yeah. So moving on, the estate dropped the ball on hashtag MJ50. Man, I've been telling y'all <laughs> some wrong with these executives. So two weeks ago, it was the 50th anniversary of the first single that Michael released as a solo artist while he was still with his brothers called Got To Be There. Uh, that started, of course, Michael's amazing, legendary, inspiring, uh, pioneering, visionary, awesomely, greatest, amazingly great legacy solo career. And the sky was the limit for our great Michael. You would think that his estate but give it that. They didn't. What else is new? I don't. I don't even. You know. Look. I, I've been saying this. God, how long? Twelve years. The hell with these executors. The hell with them. This is a milestone. Where is the celebration? This this two billion dollar empire can't even give us a fifteen minute shit. Thirty minute. You know, video of Michael's greatness. I mean, we getting played. Okay, yes, they hired his son to go and do stuff for his like, but his son just started. This what's gonna happen? Okay, this two weeks from now, right, or something like that. A week from now will be the 20th anniversary of Invincible. Where is the tribute? That's October 30th. Where's the tribute? Then, November 26, 2021 will be 30 years since the release of the Dangerous Album, my favorite Michael Jackson album. 
Where is the documentary? Where is the tribute? 25 years in the history, uh, history tour was this year. 35th anniversary of County EO. Where is the tributes? We game played, y'all. We game played. You know, they're going to be people defending this estate executives. And then this is where they closed it. This is this is the official account. <laughs> 13 year old Michael Jackson laid the foundation for the most story career in American, if not global, pop culture history by showing the world that he was a serious male vocalist with the 1970, 1972 release of his debut solo album, Got to Be There. Okay, we're talking about the 1971 single, Got to Be There. That's only 50 years. We're not talking about the next century album. I'm not gonna celebrate that either. What I'm trying to tell you is the estate don't care. You see that here. And I don't want to hear the excuses, blah. You don't care. David Chappelle exposed the hypocrites and why we why this relates to Michael. Okay. Recently, David Chappelle released his special for Netflix called uh The Closer. Okay, now this is his last one that he's doing for Netflix, and he's done. Of course, controversy came his way because uh, he called out the hypocritical ways of the LGBTQ community. He said that, you know, when the, the baby, uh, the rapper, the baby got attacked for saying stuff about the gay community, they wanted his career in the trash can, but he killed somebody who was black and nobody cared. Um, yeah, he's right. Um, we've been calling out, the MJ fan community knows this, we've been calling out, and no offense to any anyone who is from that community who is uh, a fan of Michael Jackson, we're not talking about you. But, yes, we know they do that. Um, it's, it's, um, David Chappelle is getting attacked left and right by the media, uh, mainstream media, but, uh, the regular people with the brain who watch his special uh, know that he did not trash the, 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 that community. As a matter of fact, he called them out on how they treat their own. Uh, in the end, he gave a tribute to a transgender woman named Daphne. Daphne was the woman he, um, who defended David Chappelle on his previous, on one of his previous, uh, specials called Sticking Stones. And she got attacked so badly by the, um, members of her own community that she committed suicide. So, <laughs> uh, of course, David Chappelle really is getting attacked because he put him out there. And I'm glad he did. And what he did was not just brave, but the right thing, the right thing to do. Look, um, MJ fans is going to have to start accepting the fact that there's some connection between members of that community and Michael's destruction. You know it's there. You don't want to talk about it because they're members of that community. They're in the fan community. They're in his family. You don't want to go there. And I get it. I get it. But we also have to be honest. A lot of people who have come at Michael have that rainbow flag on the twist. Y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't want to say that. And I tell people to go read their profiles. You're not reading. Okay? David Geffen created the gay mafia. What did David Geffen do to Michael's career? Read it up. Look it up. And we're going to talk about this on the upcoming podcast episodes that I'm working on. We have to because that is out there. Um, a lot of people who did Michael wrong happen to be from that community. 
of course, what started Michael's nonsense, this, this nonsense of Michael being this so-called pedophile, came from a homosexual. Pedophile. Named Vicky Gutierrez. We don't want to have these conversations about it because we're touching a very touchy subject. The, the gay community has an issue with black people. It's particularly black men who are straight. And David Chappelle called that out already. He's getting roasted for it. And I think it's laughable. Because he's exposing these people. This is the same David Chappelle who did the same thing regarding his 2019 comedy, Sticks and Stones, where he basically said a lot of things that Wade and James are liars. And don't believe those mother efforts. Don't believe them. He single-handedly destroyed their whole movie by simply saying, I don't believe you. And he got a lot of support. He got attacked by the by the two idiots, uh, Wade and Jane, not, sorry, Wade and Dan Reed. And Wade has released a statement saying David Spell was wrong and all this, and Dan Reed got mad and huff and puff on Twitter. Like, you're liars. Who listened to you? Y'all, Wade Rosa got some nerve to come out to David Chappelle for David Chappelle exposing the, the fraud that he is. You're not telling the truth. David Chappelle talked to people who knew Michael, Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, may he rest in peace. And he asked them, like, what, what is the deal with this? And they told him, uh, Michael should go to jail for liking women, for effing women. Look, this is comical, what they're doing to Michael. It is both. And and you can't keep on heart beating a dead horse. Why? I even told the audience, don't watch it. It's, it's not true. It's trash. It's disgusting. Don't watch it. It ends. You know? what? I mean, he called out everybody in that special. That's what real comedians do. Um, he's getting attacked for it. And I just want to bring it up that, you know, he, this happened to him when he, he did this with his 2019 special. And, you know, Chappelle got my back. Um, I'm sorry, I got Chappelle's back, and I wish him the best. Also, um, uh, the people that were trying to riot his, uh, against his, 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 um, special for Netflix, uh, were members of the transgender community, and, uh, one of them, uh, uh got fired, uh, who started a whole thing, uh, protest against him, who happened to be a black transgendered person, who, um, got thrown under the bus and got fired and they want you to they want the person wants you to believe they got fired for being transgendered and black. No. They got fired for leaking confidential information. To that shows evidence of or information about how the closer was doing at Netflix that they were not supposed to leak. So the the person's unethical, yes, they have no respect for business. They have no respect for what's going on. Their emotions took over Everything and they lost their job and I don't care and they're not on code. That's your people But yet they are LGBTQ first and black last and that's what you get and I felt nothing for that bastard So, you know, you know Chappelle did his job already. He made his money He's probably going back home chilling and then when he's ready to do something else. He'll go and do something else. He canceled himself he walked away from $50 million because it wasn't decent. It wasn't right. He talked about this in length, in depth, 
it, it, it echoes what Michael was going through. We, you know, a lot of our greats go through so much just to have a career. Michael did not want to sleep with David Geffen and because Michael was not gay and he didn't want to do with David Geffen like that. And ever since then, David Geffen, and he's still doing it, is coming after Michael. In life and in death, it's never going to end. Because he's bitter that Michael isn't going anywhere. He uses the media to destroy Michael. This is what they do. So it is never going to end. And don't be surprised if something happens to David Chappelle. Uh, they do something to him. This is the industry. Even if he, you know, he's not connected to any agency or whatever, they're going to find a way to do something with him. So you always have to keep a record of these things because it's never ending. You tell the truth. You put people out there, you're, you're a target because you're exposing these people. And so keep your eyes and ears open. It's, 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 it's not gonna it's not gonna end. They're gonna keep doing this until they get what they want from these people. That's all they care about. Uh, but David Chappelle is doing is doing something that we're all supposed to be doing, which is to get the truth out there and tell the truth. And and that's what he's doing. The next topic is he can't get cancelled. MJ has twenty three million subscribers on YouTube. 25, 23 million subscribers on YouTube. Who is canceling Mike? Um, I remember two years ago, um, when Even Neverland happened, and he had, at that time, 13 million subscribers on YouTube. Okay, whatever. As time went on, it would increase from 13 to, to 16, to 18, to 20, now to 22, now 23. If he was truly canceled, they will be removing the subscription. They're still subscribing to his channel. So, you know, and then Trump Data posted something last week saying that uh, Michael Jackson's Billy Jean has now earned over 1 billion on-demand streams in the United States. Next subject is <laughs> the shock of the week. Megan Kelly, yes, that Megan Kelly, that hat. Megan Kelly defends quote unquote Michael. Too weird, but the tide could be changing. I never thought that I would see the day that Megan Kelly, who openly tried Michael in 2020 and 2018, would defend him in 2021. I didn't expect this at all. Uh, she did an interview on her a show on YouTube and other stream places and Sirius XM with the former MTV VJ and podcaster, Adam Curry. Uh, now, I'm going to play you the entire thing because in it, yes, uh, uh, Megyn Kelly did call Michael he asexual. We're going to get into that. because what? But also, uh, Adam Curry has some interesting things to say. Now, <sighs> Megyn Kelly is finally waking up. And she's talking about this is all about Catholic culture, and she's finally waking up to now the lies regarding leaving Neverland. She even said on there she's thinking about doing a podcast uh, exposing this. So let's just listen to, God, it's nine minutes of this. Fine. Nine minutes of her rambling. But I'm going to tell you why um, this could be a good thing. Whatever that means. I mean, I don't trust the media, and you shouldn't. But I'm, I'm going to just play you nine minutes of this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just play it. Okay? All right. 
Okay, there's an ad. So this happens at times when uh, is is the ad is going to last three minutes, three seconds, three minutes. There's another ad. So this happens when you you're trying to uh play something. Okay. And um, I believe that that was a direct attack on the British royal family. Uh, you know, the question that was obviously staged, put in there, like, oh my gosh, oh, I was worried about the color of the child. Uh, I think that was an attack to get BLM, Black Lives Matter, some stuff started in the UK, and it, it did pay off. And I think that this is a tale of it. As Sharon said, that was their jewel, and they didn't really get enough juice out of it the first time with the interview, and I think this is just trying to follow on. Seems you obvious to me. That seems absolutely possible because I will say, I love when people are like, Oprah, she got so much out of her. I'm like, are you people stupid? Do you understand Oprah Winfrey does not sit down for an interview without having a very top-level producer sit down with the person she's going to be interviewing who gets all the news nuggets and then gives them to Oprah. And then Oprah's job as an actress, which she is, is Thank to you. make it look organic. Yeah, these are two actresses putting on a show. The whole thing was choreographed. Nothing there was organic. Absolutely not one thing. And the rest of us are supposed to be like, oh, what a beautiful, spontaneous ex No, baloney. Baloney. Here's what I saw was Brooklyn. Mofax and I, we saw Black Queen attack White Queen. That's what we saw. Wait, oh, I get it. <laughs> no, I'm up to speed. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Without the courage to actually press for real answers, right? She asked once, like, who? And she didn't answer. Well, then you got it. All those questions should have had follow-ups. Like, well, who was jealous of Meghan Markle when she came back from Australia? Who specifically made a face? Who, you know, can you tell us the person That's who allegedly objected to skin color? Can I tell you, I, was, I, I tweeted out something like this that night saying, like, why didn't Oprah say, well, was it, was it the Queen? Can you rule out the Queen? Can you rule out Prince Philip, who's dying right now as the alleged racist? Something to press her. And people said, to, guess what they said to me? You're a racist for criticizing Oprah. Okay, well. Yeah, exactly. But, but, that, but you know, we're, we're in this in this world right now where you can get, Americans are very, very nice in our hearts. You know, the worst thing you can do is call an American, even though Sharon's not American, but I consider her American enough. Yeah, call us a racist. That's like that. That's so deep. That's so traumatizing. And the, the the shameless profiting on these scenarios by mainly mainstream media and and the political establishment is is really beyond the pale at this point. So and it's such an incredibly powerful lever. You know, the cancel culture. It is literally using. Um, advertisers abusing the fact that advertisers want to be brand safe and whether it's on social media or anywhere else um, to get you kicked off because of the money. And that's that's all that it's about. But it has a deeper underlying current, I'm afraid. And that's really to control everything. And if you can control, um, are you familiar with ESG, uh, uh, environmental social governance? It's a real big thing on Wall Street right now. Um, so everyone well, has to have like, a uh, the activist corporations, the, yes, like the social, yes. socially activists. Maybe. You get points for being woke, you get points for uh, displaying Black Lives Matter, you get points for your greenness, and you're uninvestable you if you board. don't... Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and, and you're uninvestable if you don't have these elements and you don't hit the score, which is completely put together by BlackRock themselves, you know, they got, they got all their little NGOs they put together. So now, it behooves everybody to speak woke, to speak green. Because that's how the investments flow, whether they believe it or not. And I never look at the business of America. It's business. 
And uh, I don't think they have any shame. Corporations probably shouldn't really. Uh, they should be completely just going after the money. But they are really, on one hand, hurting themselves to help this control because you can make anyone do every anything you want if you have those those three elements. Well, this is, I think you're right, in the case of Sharon Osbourne, and I could name some other cases, too, in which race has been weaponized, right? It gets weaponized against a target. We see, we've seen the same in the Me Too movement. It's what happened to Brett Kavanaugh, um, and it totally undermines the legitimate claims. But that brings me to something that's in the news today, which is Dave Chappelle. What's happening to him is very interesting, right? He does these massively successful series of shows for Netflix, like 20 million bucks a show he's getting, I think. And the sixth that I believe final is now coming out. And he does a bit saying he's with J.K. Rowling on the whole trans thing, you know, or what, what a woman is, what a woman isn't, and so on. And now there's been some pushback inside of Netflix with, with a trans activist and a couple of other people actually trying to storm some meeting of Netflix executives. And they probably got suspended. And I said, good for you, Netflix. And Netflix is refusing to pull it. So, so far, Netflix is showing a real spine, uh, but it's become yet another cultural moment. Yeah, did you saw it, I, I presume. Uh, yeah. I, I watched it. Uh, I, I couldn't wait for it to drop. I watched it. And every review I've read, or, yeah, I think just about every single one I've read that was negative, um, usually somewhere three-quarters of the way through it, uh, the uh, the reviewer will write, well, I had to turn it off at that point. I just, I couldn't stand that anymore. I had to turn oh, it off. Please. So, I, I don't think you could, yeah, it's a GQ magazine uh uh, a gay black man that uh, wrote it literally wrote that. You know, it's like, oh, I just couldn't. I had to turn it off, and this end sucked. But I think that if anyone is capable of watching the entire special near the end, the whole that was truly to me the closer where he talks about. And I haven't seen this spoken about anywhere in any of the reviews where he talks about uh, a comedian, a trans woman who became his friend, and in a very odd and very public way, and they were good friends for years. Um, and, and he asserts that she killed herself uh, due to the incredible outrage and pressure from trans women and allies. You know, that's not discussed in the reviews because that was his point. He's like, we all need to go easy on this. Let's all back off for a second. And instead of focusing on typical, you know, we don't focus on the content of the character. We focus on the color of your skin, uh, the, what's between your legs, and uh, and how you uh, describe them. You know? So it's it, that, that's all I'm seeing. It's very, very. I think uh, years we'll look back and we'll go look at this piece of crap that someone wrote. Didn't even watch the series, did the special. It's so crazy because Dave Chappelle, like people pick whatever it is that they're going to either genuinely be outraged about or, or present faux outrage, but the Sticks and Stones special was a piece of brilliance, right? And he touched on every third rail there was to touch on. He was saying that he doesn't believe the Michael Jackson accusers. I could do a whole show on that, by the way, uh, because there are definitely yeah. holes in the, in the stories of those uh, two accusers. Uh, right? So I'm not sort of defending Michael Jackson as an overall, but I'm telling you, there are major problems. Yeah, I am. Back I am. I'm just saying he was asexual, okay. believe me. Well, that, that's, I mean, well, we can get into it, because I actually went, in all my spare time, Adam, this is what I do with my spare time, I went, I pulled the court files on Woody Allen at one point, I went, I pulled the court files on Michael Jackson at one point, and I will tell you that what that one guy, the guy who was the choreographer, he had so many problems in his history. This guy was under, he was filing a lawsuit against the Jackson estate. They said, do you ever write a book on Michael Jackson? He said, nope. They said, hmm. Let's just call around a random house and everybody else and make sure that's not true. Sure enough, he had submitted something. Then he was told by the court, if you have drafts of that, including metadata on your computer, computer turn it over. He lied. 
They got their hands on a computer. They found all sorts of metadata. He had tried to change it before he turned over. I'm just saying lots of lies in that guy's history in dealing with court. So you tell me whether he tell the truth to a documentary yeah, maker. It wasn't a documentary. You should do a podcast about this. I know I should. I should. <laughs> but, but I also, like to touch the third rail too. What everybody, what everybody neglects is Michael Jackson owned one of the largest music catalogs, much to the chagrin of uh, Sony, CBS, Columbia, much to the chagrin of uh, Paul McCartney. Even it was part of his, his songs, and Michael Jackson owned that. And uh, they tried to get it back in that way. And I personally believe he was killed for it. Wow. Wow, what? What do you mean, killed by Conrad Murray? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the actual method is is not is not that important. But of course, he was. I mean, Conrad Murray was actually convicted of you know of manslaughter. I think was yeah. that he did kill yeah, him. Yeah. That's the doctor uh, who kept giving him the the what's the drug propofol that knocks you out. Propofol, yeah. But just, anyway, and I said this. Thing, of course, MSNBC called me. Was it, was it, was it the last time I was brought MSNBC? And I and they said, well, you know, <laughs> the day he died. Well, I said, well, I. I, I I have, has anyone questioned whether he was murdered? And they hung up on me, and that was <laughs> the last I ever spoke of that. <laughs> wow, so... Any heart touching on the uh, asexual part? Look, I, he wasn't asexual. Uh, Michael Street. Okay, um... I wouldn't entertain that mess. Yeah, it's annoying, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste my time on the asexual part. I mean, don't get mad if people say that, because uh, if you really want to go there, his estate executors... And don't care, and I'm telling you this right now, they don't care about his, uh, the true Michael Jackson anyway. So, um, and it doesn't help that he married two women that will never, uh, clear his name regarding his sexuality. They're not supposed to. Uh, they were not there to make him be straight. They were there for PR, publicist reasons, nonsense reasons, etc., etc., um, if you want to know Michael being a straight man, my suggestion is to do real, legit research. And you know, on my podcast, I will be interviewing women who had who know that side of Michael, uh, and that's that's has to be done because if we rely on his ex-wives on his sexuality, you're just playing yourself. Uh, so um, you need to really uh, rely on women who had real relations with him and. Um, Stephanie Mills uh, saying what she said on Twitter and social media this week. Some of these fans attack her should be ashamed of themselves. Um, Stephanie Mills is just telling the truth. And some of you don't want to hear it. Oh, you know, she said these things about Michael and his skin disorder and all that. And, you know, when Michael was with uh, a, a friend of mine who dated him in long, a long time ago, uh, when his skin disorder was happening, was getting progressively worse. And she told him to tell everybody that this was going on with him, he, he wouldn't do it. Um, I didn't like what Stephanie Mills said about Michael's skin disorder, but Stephanie Mills has openly said that she does not tolerate any disrespect uh, on Michael in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, any her fan uh, dwelling on one little part she said about him is a fool, and she'll be called out. Um, but anyway, let's get into what was stated. Yes, Megan Kelly, who would have thought uh, you know, was defending Michael. I'm going to just be honest with you and, and, and tell you what I think about this. Um, based on what I saw and how she was telling the story, I think she's serious. I wouldn't be too 
attached to it because she's Megyn Kelly. I also think Megyn Kelly has issues with black people. We know that. I'm sorry. Not everybody is going to see eye to eye. And I think when it comes to what we've seen so far over the years with the with everything, I think we're 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 gonna have to start accepting the fact that you know, not everything is what it is. I might explain that further as time goes on. It's really about the truth. Not necessarily your race, your gender, your orientation is the truth. And that's what matters. And that's what kept people focused on helping Michael was the truth. And uh, Megan Kelly, in my opinion, it seemed like when she said what she said about Michael in 2018, she meant that. Uh, but then, like she said, she she sat down and read the court documents and she's like, wait a minute. And really, that's what we tell people to do. Read the court documents, read all the information that is against that, that questions, at least put doubt in your mind about these false accusers. And you're going to see this, this doesn't make sense. Because it don't. Now, she said she wants to do a whole podcast. Oh, she was recommended by or suggested by uh, Adam Curry, Adam Curry, who used to be MTVJ. I, I've never heard of this guy until today. He used to be MTVJ. Now he does a podcast uh, called No Agenda. He basically suggested that she do a podcast about it. And maybe she would. Um, and if she does, I think she should. If she wants to find out what happened, we have information that we can give to her and do that. But remember, you know, don't be too excited. Uh, because you never know with these people. She can turn around and say, eh, and then go back to her old ways. So don't hang on to this media. If they're serious, they will continue to talk about it. And if they're not, it is what it is. You know how the media is. But Megyn uh, Kelly is doing her own thing. Uh, she's been through the mainstream media thing, and, and she now smells right through it. What she said about Oprah was very interesting, right? I mean, Oprah was an actress before she was a talk show, but she did go to school for journalism. Um, but she was an actress. And it's an act. And, and Oprah is, a, is full of shit. And we know that. And, you know, and that's reality. We know that. Um, and she has a history of being full of shit. So, you know, that's just how it is. And uh, interesting when, when Anna Curry said that he told MSNBC that, have you ever listened to Michael being murdered? And they hanged a phone on him. Of course, your liberal MSNBC is not going to get into the fact that Michael was murdered because their business is about demonizing this man and calling him a druggie. And that's what killed him. And not necessarily the fact that he was murdered. And he was murdered. And he's right. The mythology doesn't matter or the method of how he died doesn't matter. Uh, and it doesn't. I mean, I am not convinced that Kyrie Murray is the only killer. I never was. There's always more. There's always something. And I don't think that the executives or Branca, Branca is the enemy only. David Geffen and others were uh, enemies to Michael too. That Bennett wanted the catalog. The bottom line was the catalog. And, and, and that's what people don't want to hear. Those are the things you can't ignore. You can't ignore these things. Uh, Michael was also an insomniac. That's also something that we need to put out there. Uh, it's a fear insomniac. And uh, he was not this druggie uh, like his friends were. He was none of that. Uh, we got to question everything. 
that's part of being a fan, uh, being a level-headed thinking person. It's in all of us. We just have to learn how to use it. We can't just hide behind, oh, where they're black or they're white, and so this or that. No, we have to do research. We have to. Racism exists. We're not erasing that. But not everything is a race issue. Some of it could very well be a class issue, or some of it could very well be uh, an issue regarding, you know, certain things. When it comes to Michael, the roots of all his problems is because he's black. If he was a white man, this is not a discussion where you can have it. Because it's, it's, it wouldn't happen. Uh, so, you know, with his case, it, it's, it's because he's black. But we also have to focus on the truth. Yes, uh, black people have sold Michael out. We have already told you what they did. Black people have done to David Chappelle and others. Because we're not on code. That's a whole other subject. Um, but, you know, that's something interesting, interesting to focus on and, and something to look into. So, I'm going to end it here. I was expecting this to be pretty short, but we're on two hours now. So, it wasn't. But, you know... Hey, I had a lot to talk about. So hopefully the next episode will be a book review. Um, I will let you know what the book is when we do the episode. Um, if you have not read this book, my suggestion is not to listen to the podcast episode when I do the review of the book because there will be spoilers. So my suggestion is to um, read the book first and then listen to the podcast episode. And if you don't care to read the book, that's okay too. I'm going to end it here. You guys have a good day. God bless and be safe. Bye.